participation uh, uh, facilitation is, is, is a good idea, but is, uh, we are catching up because our friendly competitor already ha have it for, for quite a number of years. So we, that is definitely what we need to do. Uh, the other measures, uh, for example, I think uh, the uh, speaker mentioned about capital gain, but uh, my understanding is they are trying to uh, clarify what is a capital gain so that, so that they are not paying tax on those gains. So hopefully the, the, the government is running on that direction rather than the otherwise. Uh, in terms of the um, uh, talent, I think the government could do, do, do more. Uh, uh, I mean, currently it's only that um, a capital investment one, but I think they could enhance the top talent and other schemes uh, to make it uh, to make it more attractive. And I think uh, Japan has just last week recently uh, rolled out a similar scheme, and they only want, need one year uh, uh, for for the uh, applicant to get the PR status. And and now currently Hong Kong needs seven years. I mean, that's an area that they could rethink. Mm. But well, again, as, as Ditton was saying, Peter, just very briefly, it's, it's really, it, people don't come here because of cheaper taxes. They yeah. come here because they spot an opportunity to do something. And okay. that's why I think the GBA is important. Sadly, we've run out of time. Um, sorry, so, before so we go, Peter, this is my last uh, time with you. So I just want to say thank you very much for all you've done. And, thank and you, uh, yeah, yes. we wish you all the best uh, for the future. Thank you. Absolutely, Peter. Thank you. Thank you, you. You heard there our, our regular Thursday commentator, Enzio von Vahl, Wealth Investment Strategist, Nitin Dialdas, who's Chief Investment Officer at Mandarin Capital, and Stanley Wong, who's tax partner at KMN, KPMG. Now, tomorrow, the Financial Secretary will be here in the Radio 3 studio with Jim Gould and Janice Wong to answer your questions about the 2023-24 to 24 budget. If you have any questions or comments about policies that are in the budget or things that weren't included in the budget but you think should have been, then you can speak directly to Paul Chan between 8.30 to 9.30 tomorrow morning here on Radio 3. And you can do that by telephoning 2338-8266 tomorrow morning. Uh, just before I go, let me give you an update on the markets. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In Australia, the SX200 off a quarter of a percent. Markets in Japan are closed for the Emperor's birthday. Uh, in South Korea, the Cosby up 0.4%. Uh, looks like the Hang Seng is going to fall about 50 points at the open in just under an hour or so. Coming up after the news, back chats with Janice Wong and Danny Gittings. The weather forecast for today. Cool in the morning, dry during the day. Uh, maximum temperature of about 22 degrees. Going to be mainly fine tomorrow, warm with haze during the day, and then it's going to be windy over the weekend and early next week. Temperature right now, 16 degrees, 76% relative humidity. Coming up to 8.33, here's Tom Warden with the half-hour news. Thanks, Peter. Top diplomat Wang Yi has met with Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, and Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov on a visit to the Kremlin. The Russian Foreign Ministry announced it was grateful for what it had called Red Beijing's consistently balanced position on Ukraine. Mr. Wang said the China-Russia relationship could not be influenced by other nations. We would like to emphasize once again that the comprehensive strategic partnership between Russia and China has never been directed against a third party. It is certainly not subject to interference and provocation by any third party. We will not be overwhelmed by coercion and pressure from third parties. At least two people have been killed and six injured, according to state media, after an apparent collapse at a coal mine in the northern Inner Mongolia region. Around 50 are thought to be missing. 
Broadcaster CCTV said a collapse occurred at a mine in the western part of the Alsa League region at around 1 p.m. yesterday, with other outlets and government agencies describing it as a landslide. Eight rescue teams comprising more than 330 personnel have been sent to the site. Premier Li Keqiang has ordered an investigation into the cause of the accident. Locally, Stanley Ho, a tax partner with KPMG China, says it makes sense for the government to reduce the size of financial sweeteners in the budget. In yesterday's fiscal blueprint, consumption vouchers were half the amount of the previous batch, while profits and salary tax rebates were capped at $6,000, down from $10,000. Domestic property rate subsidies also now only cover two quarters instead of four. Mr. Ho said he expected a bounce back to come this year. We are now in a different era of which border reopen as well as we have many of anti-pandemic measures being relaxed. So we are actually in a quite a different context and then we are expecting a recovery and, and huge bounce back, especially in the second half of the year. So I think the reduction of the sweetener makes sense, especially we are having a huge deficit. It's a good balance of a deficit position and keep certain sweetener to respond to the general public. Palestinian health officials and witnesses say Israeli forces have killed at least 10 people and wounded more than 100 during a raid in the occupied West Bank. The Israeli military said its troops targeted militant suspects in a hideout. The United Nations chief Antonio Guterres warned the situation in the Middle East was combustible and that it threatened progress towards a two-state solution. The truth is that trends on the ground mean time is working against us. The longer we go without meaningful political negotiations, the farther these goals slip from the reach. Regional and international partners must collectively work with greater urgency and determination to help Palestinians and Israelis restore a credible political horizon. The news from RTHK. Good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. I'm Danny Gittings. Your guest presenter this morning is Karen Coe. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Danny. And on today's show, we're talking about this year's budget. Financial Secretary Paul Chan yesterday unveiled another round of $5,000 consumption vouchers and cut stamp duty for many first-time home buyers. But he also raised taxes and duties on tobacco and betting. So are you better off or are you worse off as a result of this year's budget? And what do you think of the finance chief's plans to help Hong Kong's economy start growing again, including his proposed Happy Hong Kong campaign, which aims to bring more joy to the community through events such as a mega sea and land carnival? Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, which is Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And before we get started this morning, just a reminder that in this time slot tomorrow, you can hear, or you can hear and speak directly to Financial Secretary Paul Chan. That's right. Uh, Financial Secretary, again, will be joining um, RTHK Radio 3 from 8.30 to 9.30 tomorrow morning for the uh, Financial Financial Secretary's phone-in. Uh, it's a rare chance to put your comments directly to the Financial Secretary by calling 233-88266. That's 233-88266. And do get the calls in early tomorrow. Uh, the presenters will be Jim Gould and Janice Wall. 
Returning. <laughs> yes. So while you get a chance to talk directly to the financial secretary tomorrow, this morning uh, we're talking to a range of guests to uh, discuss what they think about the budget. And we're joined in the first half of the program by Mr. Roy Fan, who's tax partner at Deloitte China, Hannah Jong, head of valuation and advisory services of Colliers Hong Kong, and Dr. Vera Winghan Yuan, who's lecturer in the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong. And uh, Roy Fan, I'd like to start off with you. Good morning. Uh, welcome to the program. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. So, Roy, uh, various um, assessments of this budget, ranging from appropriate and um, you know okay to lack of imagination, no innovation at all. Where do you come down on on this budget? Um, I think um, uh, I think it is a very balanced budget. Let's put it this way. Because uh, we are now um, at a very um, sensitive uh, timing, I, I would say, because uh, first of all, um, we, we see uh, recovery and we do expect uh, a, a huge recovery, um, especially in the second half of, of this year. Uh, but meanwhile, we do uh, uh, see the need to have some short-term measures to, say, um, uh, stimulate the, the economy, uh, uh, attract more tourists to come to Hong Kong, uh, to, to say um, uh, support the uh, enterprise, in particular SME or individuals who, who are in need, right? So I think uh, the, the budget take care of that short-term measure. Uh, meanwhile, there are uh, various measures to um, develop Hong Kong into a more uh, diversified economy to, to support sustainable growth in, in, in the future, right, as a, as a super connector. So we are happy to see uh, different measures uh, including test measures to, uh, in, in the longer run, to develop Hong Kong as a hub in, in areas such as uh, innovation and technology, green finance, asset management, uh, aircraft and shipping, etc. So I think it is a it is it is a pretty balanced uh, budget. You mentioned tax measures in the long run. He, I mean, he was pretty clear, wasn't he, that um, although this year, although he's raised, he's raised, he's, there's a betting levy and he's raised tobacco tax, but this year is too early to be raising taxes. But in the long term, Hong Kong needs more revenue, doesn't it? Um, I think um, uh, right right now is uh, is a bit too early to talk about, say, um, like broadening the tax base or increase the tax rate. Uh, 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 or from from like corporate tax or, or individual tax perspective, or whether we need to uh, impose a new type of tax such as uh, GST or VAT, right? I think um, we need to um, take a balanced approach. Um, and um, uh, the, the, uh, right right now, I think the, the focus should be more to um, uh, you know uh, uh, putting in place some uh, tax incentive, trying to attract more investment into Hong Kong. To develop um, areas that um, uh, um, you know um, Hong Kong has a competitive advantage, such as uh, like develop Hong Kong into the, the family office hub in, in Asia Pacific. So we do see uh, like tax incentive to um, provide uh, tax exemption for single family office coming to Hong Kong, and also we are happy to see like the um, the new patent box uh, uh, tax incentive. Uh, which um, hope, uh, uh, hopefully would attract more R&D uh, activities in Hong Kong uh, in terms of um, like uh, the, 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 in the innovation and technology sector. 
Um, Roy, I'm just going back to the way that the government has traditionally raised revenue, which is through land sales, and we've seen that this year the land sales have not been successful. The, either the government is not pricing properly or developers are just saying, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not interested. How can they get that back? I mean, does the government actually need to be more realistic in terms of what their, their market expectations are? Talking of uh, land sales, let's bring in a second of our guests in the first half of the show, Hannah Jung. Hannah Jung is the Head of Valuation and Advisory Services at Colliers Hong Kong. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. Good morning. Uh, so what did you make of the budget, particularly on the uh, the property side? I mean, there's uh, the, uh, spe- the special reduction in, in stamp duty for first-time buyers. Mm. I think the, the, the housing side, we, have a, we can take a note on two points. First is the stamp duty reduction. Um, mainly, they, they changed the... Um, the, the, the range is between the same duty applicable. So ultimately, the benefit is any flats below 10 million will have a little reduction on the um, same duty. But that's quite insignificant mm. compared to a lot of voices from market to remove the special same duty or fire the same duty, etc. So that's the one thing. But that will help a lot of the first home buyers, at least um, thinking about looking at the market at this moment, despite the interest rate is still very high. And the second part is really the land sales, which come to the more middle-term supply. The government announced that they will put 12 residential plots um, uh, this year, uh, coming year. And that's quite similar to last year. Last year, they proposed 13. But in fact, they're only able to uh, sell about half, and there was different reasons. Uh, there was uh, one failure case because market was not meeting their expectation, and then second part is they didn't even release um, the the six of the plots in, in within their financial year last year. So I think government need to, uh, as the first guest mentioned, need to look at the market more realistic, and they need to do the accurate valuation to reflect the market confidence level. And then second part is if they plan to release 12, they have to really stick to it because overall, last decade, government only able to release half of their planned site um, as, as their target. So, Hannah Jung, what do you think went wrong in the recent land sales and why, why is the government seemingly misreading the market? I mean, they've been doing this for decades. Uh, you would think that they would have a very good understanding of what the market value should be. Um, I'm, I'm sure they, ha- they, they have a lot of surveyors working on the, on the government to work on the market. Uh, but I think maybe there is a small still gap between the actual market conditions from the developer's confidence level uh, versus to the people 
in the government working on the numbers. Um, we understand the, the land sales income is one of the very important um, uh, the income for the government, so they don't want to compromise. And also the second part is if even they set it low, uh, developer can make a good profit to sell the end product very high. So they, they want to manage this balance as much as possible. So the same case when they fail in the Cape Road sales last December, when they fail, government was quite clear. They don't see the need of selling the land uh, below their expectation because this is a uh, um, quite important land sales income for them. But in the long run, it's, it's a, unless land sales reverse, is a problem for the government, isn't it? Because so much revenue is uh, predicated on land sales. Yes, I think that's important revenue, but I, I don't think government is trying to make a profit as much as possible. So I think only the side they can control is the supply. So if they say we will, we will release 12 plots, I think they, they have to really stick to the KPI instead of reserving and then keep rolling over to next year uh, looking for better uh, timing. If you say the government needs to be more realistic about land sale prices, I mean, is, are we moving into an era where um, uh, <coughs> land sales is going to uh, generate a smaller percentage of government revenue? Um, I don't think so. I mean, Hong Kong is still tax heaven. We got, as a citizen, a lot of benefit with the low tax uh, payment to the government. So land sales will be one of the uh, key major income streams for government that will not change. Okay, the uh, third of our guests, who's uh, in the first half of the show, has been waiting patiently, uh, Vera Yoon. Vera Yoon is a lecturer at Faculty of Business Economics, University of Hong Kong, a regular guest on uh, Back Chat. Uh, uh, Ms. Yoon, welcome back. And what did you think of the budget? Good morning. Uh, I think the budget is actually quite proactive, and Hong Kong is now at a turning point of freedom. So you can see that there are many initiatives trying to get talent into Hong Kong, set up an office trying to get enterprises uh, to set up offices to create an environment for development. And then there are uh, quite a bit of big projects like uh, Lantau Island and the Northern Metropolis, and he aims to make Hong Kong a lot of different centers like innovation and technology, financial, aviation, hub, and marine time. Um, talking about um, the deficit and the long-term health of the budget, I would say I still have not seen a structural deficit here because like most of the money went to anti-COVID measures. Uh, it's like $600 billion, but in total we had a deficit uh, from COVID of about $340 billion. So if we did not have the COVID, we would have a surplus. So I don't see there's a need to raise any tax, including the cigarette tax. And they're just trying to, you know, make up something to sort of suit the Article 107 that, you know, they, they have to spend, like, reasonably and wisely. But I, I don't even think that is needed because it harms the um, elderly and the grassroots who smoke more than the other people. And then it goes into conflict with its other provision. Like, um, you're giving out um, some social assistance for one and a half months more, but at the same time, you want to push down the uh, smoking rate. But uh, even though there was no tax increase in the past, like, I don't know, 10 years, but still the smoking rate has been dropping. So if it has been dropping without an increase of tax, then there's no need to increase any tax. And 
I think they also have made it clear that they're to to finance those mega projects. They are not going to run down all the fiscal reserves, and they said they would issue infrastructure bonds, and then the MPF would have priority in. Buying those bonds, so I think in the long run they kind of have implied that they would do so. And regarding um, land, I think they estimated that in the near future, like five years, it's going to contribute um, uh, five point five percent of GDP to our revenue. So it's now in the down cycle, but they're expecting it to go up again. Mm. Um, Dr. Yuan, thank you for that. I just want to go back to Roy Fan because, Roy, you have to leave uh, us. Roy, I think Roy's already gone. Oh, Roy's already yes. gone. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. So, Vera, one thing I wanted to ask you is um, economic growth in Hong Kong. I mean, the, the forecast was, according to Paul Chan, between 35 to 5.5%. That seems very high given where we're coming from and also, uh, you know, how slow the the sort of crawl back of the economy is. I mean, do you agree that maybe that's a bit optimistic? No, I guess it's actually okay because um, during the COVID time, we had a rebound in 2021 and the rebound was uh, 6%. So, but last year we had a negative growth. So given that we would have uh, crawl back and then have some growth this year, uh, 35 to 5.5%, it's not too bad, and um, and given that uh, the, the the lifting of all the COVID restriction, even though the government does not do anything, there would be like some rebound. And plus, the government is doing a lot to stimulate the economy, but of course, there are other risks that are present, like um, sluggish uh, global e- economic growth, and um, and Hong Kong is in. Uh, doing business with uh, other parts of the world, so it would be affected as it's quite uh, external-oriented. And then there are other risks like uh, the U.S.-China tension, and there could be... um, Also, it's highly correlated with Chinese economy, and we don't know what kind of um, policy and regulation would be there this year. So overall, there are some... Uh, risk that is present that could affect this growth aspect of it. But overall, I think it's it's fine as a rebound. It's a, uh, I think the questions have been raised, particularly maybe not so much about uh, the growth estimate for the coming year, as you say, a rebound, but uh, the uh, long-term growth estimate is suggesting average annual growth of 3.7% uh, over the next three years, which is um, substantially higher than we we traditionally had in Hong Kong over the previous decade. I mean, is, is he right to think Hong Kong's going to grow overall faster in the long term, medium to long term? I don't think they estimate that it to be grow faster. They use the conventional way of estimation. That is, they um, they assume that the growth rate of the GDP would be the same as the pre-COVID uh, growth rate. That is, that they have the same gradient. And then they just extrapolate the line. So I, I guess it's just a conventional way of making... Um, estimation, but of course, Hong Kong is facing a totally different world in the coming few years. Like uh, it's pretty chaotic, and then you don't know what will happen. There could be wars. Um, but then I think that's just a conventional way of making estimation.
situation. And I think under, underlying assumption is they think that there will be a lot of talent coming to Hong Kong, willing to get uh, all the labor shortage. And then they have this uh, land help project. So with these assumptions, and also they assume the land sales like 3.5% like, uh, would be 7.5% GDP. So overall, they are just making this assumption that Hong Kong would be growing just as the pre-COVID time. Maybe it's a little bit too optimistic. Yes, I agree with you, but um, that's how they see Hong Kong will be. Okay, let, let me let's ask Hannah Jong a bit about this as well. Um, you heard Dr. Yuan just mention a couple of times the Lantau Tomorrow Project, the Northern Metropolis. We haven't really heard much about those recently. Um, Hannah Jong, what what do you think? What kind of contribution will they make as a boost to the economy and everything that goes with that kind of um, physical real estate development? Mm. I think government real focus is really the North Metropolis at this moment, and they put. Um, INT, Innovation and Technology Scheme, around it. So North Metropolitan has a three key component. One is a public housing supply, and then um, bring more um, INT sector, research center, manufacturer sector, high-end manufacturer center to coming in to create the job in the long term. And then the last one is um, creating the GBA impact starting with the North Metropolis to um, the Shenzhen and Guangzhou, as well as the Zhuhai, Macau. So North Metropolis blueprint is the key main focus. Lantau tomorrow has been a little bit uh, so, sort of downscaled because now they call it uh, Kaui Chao Artificial Island. There is no more theme of Lantau tomorrow. So we can see that's the main thing. I think... Um, the Kaui Chao Island is mainly also focused on the public housing and they put a um, few million of commercial, which we have a little concern. Commercial is important in that island, but whether we need to create another CBD3 in that location, still questionable given we having the highest vacancy rate of 15% right now. It's a historical high ever. When, when we present 14.7% um, the vacancy rate in the market, Many people ask me, since when? I say, since ever. So, so ever sorry, vac- this is vacancy rate residential, commercial, or, or both? It's commercial. Commercial. It's commercial. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, we not, um, we not, it, although it's a requirement in the new master planning of a uh, commercial in, uh, component in that island, but still, um, it's uh, still questionable. So, I think government can consider that artificial island to be more, um, uh, providing supply for the residential sector. Mm. Which is still always a problem, always has been, still a problem in Hong Kong. Um, Hannah Jung, what do, you, what do you think the government should be doing to relieve this problem with a lack of housing? I think um, given the last three years, the government has put the long-term plan, need to long-term plan. So we do see there are sufficient uh, units got coming up, but it will take the more than 10 years because like Hong Shoukyu, NDA, Yinlong NDA, which is part of the metropolis, still going through uh, resumption and um, having started the redevelopment of the public housing and looking for the land sales within that area. But in the, in the long term, I think the demand will meet the supply or supply will meet the demand. But I think immediately the, the concern is uh, whether government should stick to the existing land sales 
program, which, which will bring a sufficient supply within the next three to five years. And also government mentioned something like um, there will be 105,000 um, units will be released the next five years, uh, three to four years. And that's based on assumption that whatever under construction right now and then whatever land they sell, sold um, two to three years ago. Uh, the problem is developers no need to sell at once uh, those units. So even over 100,000 unit disposal is estimation from the government. There's still uncertainty that they, they, these units may not come to the market within that short period of time. Okay, and just briefly, what, what is your expectation for the uh, residential market in the coming year? The same duty reduction, maximum ceiling of 6000 I think that's a very minimal impact, uh, but it still helps some of the end users uh, holding smaller units in the market. Uh, I think our forecast really doesn't change after this budget announcement. We're still looking at uh, minus 3% down, um, down, downward adjustment for 2023. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Uh, we're going to have to break for the news there and we're going to say goodbye to uh, Hannah Jung. Hannah Jung is the head of uh, Valuation Advisory Services at uh, Colliers Hong Kong. Uh, but uh, Dr Vera Yoon is, is going to stay with us and we'll also be joined by other guests after the news. We continue to um, uh, consider different aspects of uh, this year's budget. Uh, if you have any comments on the budget, well, uh, you can send them to us today at uh, backchat at rthk.hk. That's backchat at rthk.hk or you can leave them on your Facebook our Facebook page MacChat on RTHK Radio Free or call us on 233-88266 but also a reminder again that um, you can also put your comments on uh, the budget directly to Financial Secretary Paul Chan Financial Secretary Paul Chan will be here in this time slot from 8.30 to 9.30 tomorrow uh, for the annual Financial Secretary phone-in the uh, guests will be uh, Jim Gould and Janice Wong uh, I think uh, phone calls only so the number 233 Double eight two six six, and a word of advice based on past experience is that uh, it's a good idea to get those phone calls in early. Uh, if, you, if you want to get get through to the financial secretary, uh, the earlier you call, the um, more chance you have of getting through. Uh, just before the news, just uh, quickly, a, a couple of comments coming in today. Uh, uh, James uh, James says he hopes the uh, mega sea and land carnival will not turn out to be Harbour Fest too, and better remove the spicy measures originally introduced to cool down the property market. Now very cool already. The weather forecast is going to be fine, cool in the morning, and it's going to be dry during the day with a maximum temperature of 22 degrees. Currently, however, it's uh, 17 degrees, relative humidity 75%. Stay with us. We'll be back in three minutes. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back to Backchat. I'm Danny Gittings. Your guest presenter is Karen Coe. Uh, <clears throat> in the second half of the show, we continue our discussion on uh, yesterday's budget delivered by the uh, Financial Secretary, uh, Paul Chan. Uh, still with us is Dr. Vera Yoon from uh, the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong. And we're also joined now by uh, Rocky Moy. Rocky Moy is a partner at Clifford Chance and Silai Shan. Silai Shan is Deputy Director of the Society of Community Organisations. Uh, if you have any uh, comments on the, uh, the budget, uh, you 
can uh, email us at backchat at rthk.hk. Back, that's backchat at rthk.hk. Or you can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio Free, or give us a call on 233 So just one comment uh, on Facebook from uh, uh, Carl in reference to the Financial Secretary's announcement of a Happy Hong Kong campaign, which is aims to bring more joy to uh, the Hong Kong community. Uh, Carl says, well, Hong Kong is a stressful city, not a resort. If you want to be happy, why not go to Hawaii or Phuket? <laughs> Good comment, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I'd love to, picking up on that, Danny, uh, go to Sila Shan. He's the Deputy Director of the uh, Society for Community Organisation. Um, Sila Shan, thank you for hey, joining good us. Thanks. Good morning. Um, I mean, honestly, for people who are in poverty, for those who are not doing well financially, there really wasn't that much in the budget. And we saw yesterday that um, the lawmaker, Tik Chi Yuan, said that Chan's budget was leaving the poor hopeless. I mean, how, how do you view it? Oh, yes. Actually, uh, we, yesterday we, we, we uh, watched the TV together and they uh, really disappointed um because um uh, many of them they are um they have some of them they have a job but the uh, the payment is uh, that the wage is so and 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 before that actually they debit a lot and um uh, and and the inflation is very high and and even uh uh, uh the secretary for the finance um he also uh um forecast the forecast the the inflation will be much higher than, than uh, this year. So, and then finally, if I find only ready a minimum uh, uh, subsidy for those uh, uh, poor, so they are really disappointed. And besides that, um, because she, uh, uh, she said this, uh, the economic development is not very good before, and they are deficit, and, and we expect actually you can focus more for the uh, poor and then, and not need to everyone have a, uh, a consumer voucher. And, uh, and besides, actually, the consumer voucher, um, um, uh, uh, people they think is actually, uh, uh make their inflation higher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when they want to buy something more cheaper, cheaper, and then they find is the consumer voucher cannot use in that small shop. So that's, uh, a problem, and the other is uh, they want to pay the rent, and they cannot pay for the rent. Yeah. So, what yeah. what measures would you have liked Paul Chan to have put in to help the poor? Uh, actually, we we hope that he can support to have a cash handout. Um, if five thousand or ten thousand, ten thousand would be more uh, reasonable, and then uh, we hope there will be a, an. Unemployed and un, un, or underemployed subsidy for those uh, 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 people, and for those their full time work but their wage is still low, um, so they should reform their uh, working low income family subsidy because is the, the, the regulation still uh, quite a problem to uh, make the, pro- the, make the people they cannot uh, get the full subsidy. Yeah, and then uh, also they should be have more. Uh, subsidy for those uh, uh, elderly and and those uh, disabled people. And so there are many things can do, but we can see just in the budget we see so many minimal uh, uh, little, and then even um, the government today will be have a target 
targeted um, uh, property valuation policy, but we cannot see in the budget. You do see things like the transport subsidy scheme is continuing, which is a big help to low-income families, isn't it, who have to travel to work? Uh, we be help, help a little bit, but actually many of them, they uh, because their uh, income is too low, so some of them, uh, they, they keep to uh, not to travel to uh, uh, long distance, uh, uh, out of their district to work, so they will... will prefer to work in uh, original yeah. Now, of course, the government would say that they, they would like to do more, but uh, the financial position in Hong Kong is, 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 is quite bad, that we're having another year of deficits and that the reserves are uh, running... That's why we, we don't think they need to uh, uh, deliver the consumer voucher to everyone. Mm. You just focus... Uh, even you can even use this subject uh, uh, to deliver to the middle and lower class, and then for those rich, you can use this amount to stimulate the development of the economy. So I think you can you can use it properly. Uh, how about that, for, uh, Dr. Vera Yoon, who's still with us? Uh, uh, Means-tested uh, consumption vouchers would that make more sense? Um, then that's not making a consumption voucher. Like <laughs> you say no, no, none at all, right? Uh, yeah, you have other social assistance schemes, and then you wouldn't use this policy to like for targeting consumption vouchers, I agree with, um, and they see that, uh, you know, cash is better because it, it actually helps the poor better in a sense that some people rather have it sold in the market at a 10%, 20% discount and then get a cash back. So it's better not to use the consumption vouchers if cash is available. But yeah, I agree that there are not many Can you just go a little bit more, just unpack these um, unemployment figures? They said it was unemployment stood at 4.3%, underemployment at 2.3%. Can, can you just give us more context and background about that? Uh, I think it's already seasonally adjusted because uh, the newest figure is 3.4, which is nearly full employment because they're fractional adjustment that when people want to change job, they would be so-called unemployed uh, in between. So it's a full employment figure already. So our labor market is actually tight. Like we don't have enough uh, people to work. Some um, employers actually complain and they said because of that and and they could not afford, uh, you know, higher labor costs neither. So they may have to have the business closed because of that. And at the same time, for the professional, the business uh, sector, they, they also said they don't have enough talent 
to tip into, and and that we have like six point something percent of our workforce leaving Hong Kong in in the past year. So that is the gap to be filled, and to try to get those people back. But I think this is one of the constraints of the so optimistic economic growth uh, for the future of Hong Kong. Okay, we're discussing the budget delivered by uh, Financial Secretary uh, Paul Chan yesterday. You just uh, heard uh, Dr. Vera Yoon. Um, uh, just a reminder that uh, tomorrow in this time slot, you'll have a chance to uh, put your questions directly to Financial um, Secretary Paul Chan in the Financial Secretary's uh, phone-in uh, with back-check back presenters uh, Jim Gould and Janice Wong. That's from 8.30 to 9.30. Uh, call early, the number 233-88266. And there are, of course, many different aspects uh, to the budget. And uh, joining us perhaps to talk about another aspect of the budget that we, we haven't really focused on so far is Rocky Moy, who's a partner of Cl- uh, Clifford Chance. Uh, Rocky Moy, uh, the, 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 the financial secretary talked quite a bit about uh, uh, green bonds. He talked about green technology and uh, setting up the Green Technology and Finance Development Committee, Committee and International Green Tech Week. And there was also a lot of talk of um, um, Hong Kong, how Hong Kong could be at the forefront of Web3, the sort of new version of the internet. What, what did you make of all of this? Yeah, thanks. I, I think it's, it's it's very exciting in terms of um, how Hong Kong is positioning itself. Um, certainly, the uh, uh, priorities in terms of areas of different international financial institutions. Um, ESG is on top. Uh, tech and fintech it's also up there. So Hong Kong is definitely on 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 uh, uh, one of the the. the, the, the very correct direction in terms of developing those areas. Um, in terms of ESG, we have been talking to a lot Sorry, of... Sorry, ESG, in, you mean uh, environmental sustainability? That's right, and governance. Yeah. So, yeah, and a lot of the uh, uh, kind of globally different jurisdictions, governments, and also global institutions, it's a, it's a big... Uh, topic. Um, uh, there are all good social uh, reasons uh, pushing in that area, and uh, also there are a lot of opportunities from uh, uh, from a commercial perspective as well. Um, so it's great to see kind of the um, uh, Hong Kong uh, issuing the tokenized green bonds earlier. Uh, so that's a really good uh, initiative uh, as a start um, uh, for for that area as well. And in terms of uh, uh, digital economy. Um, it's quite important for, for Hong Kong's continuing development um, in the areas and international financial center. Um, we do need the uh, continuing investment in the infrastructure, whether it's hardware or software. Um, and it's great we, we, we identified, um, uh, the government, in particular poll, identified the, 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 how I see it, the right areas uh, to go into, uh, the AIs, um, the Web3, uh, and of course, virtual asset, which is uh, a, a kind of a subset as to what we talk about under kind of Web3 and, and blockchain ecosystem. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rocky, I was going to ask you, um, actually last October, the government released a policy statement on developing virtual assets and they wanted to explore things like having exchange-traded funds 
um, having the SFC do a public consultation on how retail investors can access that. And we've already seen in recent years that Hong Kong was really at the forefront of blockchain and crypto. Uh, but again, retail investors were, were locked out of that. It was really only for professional investors. So how do we create the environment? I mean, it's great to say, yes, everyone get involved in Web3. But if nobody really knows what Web3 is and how they can actually get involved and access it, how are you going to um, you know, create that ecosystem? That's right. You're exactly right. So it's important that we have a, a broad range, product range, uh, services and access as well. Um, so the government also, the, the, the SFC recognizes this. Um, and uh, in, in, in the uh, SFC consultation paper that just came out a few days earlier um, uh, about the retail permitted retail access, uh, which is under, under under consultation right now, they do recognize it's important for, 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 for retail um, to have access um, uh, uh, rather than uh, retail being pushed to uh, sign on to uh, international platforms uh, that may be unregulated. Um, so it's a fine balance just to uh, uh, strike, strike the right balance in a, in a sense uh, between um, uh, developing the product range and also investor protection. Um, so it's it's good to see the way forward. And we have the ETFs, uh, virtual asset ETFs that, that has been launched um, uh, recently. So we really seeing the right direction in there. And in terms of the uh, uh, kind of access, the knowledge, I think it's, it's all in the right direction. And Hong Kong, um, in, in terms of the uh, general knowledge around crypto and virtual assets, is actually based on, based on discussion with, with, with the industry uh, uh, globally. Um, we are one of the more advanced jurisdictions uh, uh, in the world, actually. Of course, Hong Kong is not the only place, though, trying to uh, build up hubs in, in these kind of areas. I mean, uh, and we see actually a lot these days, a lot of tech talent uh, moving to Singapore. So where, where, what is there in the budget to give Hong Kong a competitive advantage in these areas? Yeah, I think the key is Hong Kong. We, we are one of the uh, first jurisdictions um, that have a more structured uh, regulatory regime. Um, uh, not just regulating virtual asset or operators from, a, from, from an AML perspective, um, but we're also uh, looking after uh, other, other kind of uh, capital requirements, investor protection, etc. So it gives that clarity in terms of uh, a regulatory regime here uh, that gives confidence to, uh, to the market and also investors. Um, and there are a lot of interests in terms of the uh, uh, latest launch of the new licensing regime uh, 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 that will come uh, into effect in June. Um, and uh, again, a lot of the international players are planning or are, are underway um, to establish more substantially locally here uh, and to obtain that license. But again, you presumably would have all of that in Singapore. So wh wh where's Hong Kong's advantage? Yeah, so in terms of, uh, if you're looking at Singapore, uh, I think at least right now, uh, in terms of the retail access, I think Hong Kong is more uh, uh, upfront to, to, to consider uh, and allow retail access. Um, and Singapore right now, I think is the push is more on the institutional side. Um, and, and of course, other than virtual asset, uh, we ought to look at the kind of the wider uh, uh, development because as, as the government policy uh, statement uh, issued 
earlier. Um, virtual assets is obviously one of the key area, but it's not the only area we are looking at. Um, there are other opportunities around virtual assets as well. Um, so it's not just the Bitcoin, not just Ether. Um, there are other kind of tokenized securities, the tokenized green bonds, um, the virtual asset ETFs. So it's really to build out the whole uh, ecosystem around virtual assets and, and more broadly uh, on blockchain and, and Web3 as well. Mm. That, I mean, one of the a few of the other things that they are interested in is this feasibility study for an AI super supercomputing center, uh, funds for research centers related to uh, life and health tech, and uh, basic research in AI and quantum technology. Uh, do we have enough talent here uh, to support that? I mean, this is one of the problems we've had is a, a bit of a brain drain out of Hong Kong. And the government, I mean, Paul Chan was not very specific about how exactly he was going to attract talent to, to develop all these things. Yeah, I, I think it's more, more uh, for, 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 for reasons during the pandemic, there are uh, physical limitations in terms of bringing talent uh, into Hong Kong. Uh, but I think with, with the uh, uh, development um, uh, from kind of the COVID and, and travel policy, we are definitely seeing more inflow, um, whether it's business or, or traffic or, or, or talent, uh, we are starting to see it already. Um, so I think the uh, uh, one of the key um, uh, it, uh, kind of policy push uh, uh, of the government also, as, 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 as Paul mentioned in, in other parts of the budget, is to bring in talent into Hong Kong. Uh, and of course, at the same time, um, to develop the local talents. Uh, and, and, and Hong Kong has a, a very healthy uh, pool of young talents locally as well. Um, so we, we, we definitely should recognize that. And just briefly on Web3, what, what specifically could Hong Kong be doing on Web3? Yeah, I think for, for, for Web3, other than kind of the uh, uh, advanced version of the internet, so to speak, I think it's uh, one, one core part is uh, the adoption of technology, the application of technology, and really link up to the opportunity. So uh, just let's say blockchain as, as an example. It's a, it's a technology. Um, it, it's very good. Uh, it has its all potential, but it's, it's all about um, applying that. Uh, uh, in practice, um, so it's, uh, it's, it's there are a lot of discussion underway, uh, and also Paul mentioned um, uh, there will be more focus groups in, in, in terms of looking at that. So I, I think the next step is really uh, looking at uh, uh, adoption uh, of technology of the technology to further enhance whichever industry, whichever businesses. Uh, it may not only just be uh, uh, having virtual assets. Um, that's just a subset of, of uh, the wider uh, uh, area we're looking at. Uh, but it's really about trying to capture the opportunities uh, uh, in applying um, the uh, right technology in the, in the right uh, areas. Mm. Uh, Hong Kong sometimes seems to be a bit uh, in the middle of everything. I mean, if you look at the, the level of digitization um, in the public service and, and generally, we probably, depending on which study you see, we're between 10th and 20th in the world. And the top countries are European countries like Denmark, Finland, Sweden, um, Estonia, for example. And yet we are late to get updates for everyday um, apps that we use. We can't access 
ChatGPT in Hong Kong. TikTok has left. There are so many things that we miss out on for whatever reason. So it seems like there's a half-half commitment to being selective about the things we want from technology and the things that we don't want. Yeah, I think that's a, that's an interesting observation because I, th- I think for each jurisdiction, they ought to have their own way to approach from a from a regulatory perspective, a government policy perspective, um, how uh, uh, we interact with businesses uh, uh, locally, regionally, and globally as well. Um, and in particular, for example, the, the regulatory regime, uh, that, that's just no perfect solution um, uh, or golden standard, so to speak, for now. And that is exactly what kind of uh, a global uh, a governmental uh, uh, committees and groups are do, trying to do right now. Um, so uh, in particular in the virtual asset world, uh, it's all relatively new. Um, there are different jurisdictions taking different approach. Uh, the more restrictive one, um, those that just look at AML first, uh, and uh, Hong Kong, for example, we also look at uh, investor protection, which, which, which proves to be uh, the right direction given kind of the recent um, uh, incidents uh, around the virtual asset world. Uh, investor protection uh, it's, it's quite uh, it's very important. So, in, in a way, there's just, uh, at least from, from my perspective, there's just no best way uh, or one way that all jurisdiction uh, should be doing. Uh, it ought to be a, a, a right balance uh, looking at um, what, we, what we're facing locally, uh, regionally, and, and of course, how, how we play uh, in, the, in the global scene as well. Okay, thank you very much. That's Rocky Moy, a new guest of chat a partner at Clifford Chance, looking at a, 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 a different theme emerging out of the budget. Uh, in, in, in the closing uh, phase of this discussion, um, let's return to uh, Dr. Vera Yoon uh, talking about the economic outlook. Uh, Vera Yoon, you, you, were, you were saying earlier that we, we have to be ready, although the budget's predicting quite healthy economic growth, we have to be prepared for all kinds of economic uncertainties, don't we, Dr. Yoon? Sure, sure, sure. Um, yes, we, there are quite some black swan that could happen. Like, black swan means there's a low chance of happening, but it, if it happens, it's going to be detrimental. So we need to watch out for um, there could be like a looming war in the Taiwan Strait. We don't know whether it would happen. And then... Yeah, we uh, saw well, how the world was affected by the Ukraine war. I mean, and that's the, the other yeah, side of the Ukraine world from us, yes. Uh, where yeah. if you have, something in Taiwan is right next door. So the effect would be huge by comparison, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, so the Ukraine war affects uh, energy prices more, but Hong Kong is, is relatively stable in, in terms of that, so we are okay. But we are affected by uh, world economic growth, as well as China, China economic growth. So if they are not doing well, how come we not do well? As we we are always serving like business partners in all of these places, and I mean, um, uh... and also how Beijing is going to revive the Chinese economy is also an issue because Hong Kong's economy is highly correlated with mainland China's. So their intervention into the market, their new regulations is also the that that has been built up over the past few years, like whether how they would tackle that, um, how much private sector uh, autonomy or growth they would be given. I mean all these factors that happen in the Chinese economy will affect Hong Kong's economy as well. So all these things have to be watched out. And then I think I think it's it's good 
that um, Rocky mentioned about uh, the advantage of Hong Kong. I think the advantage of Hong Kong is at uh, it's the strategic function to serve China as U.S. could have sanctioned many technological transfers that couldn't get into the mainland China. So Hong Kong would be the hub to do all these things. So this is the like best opportunity for Hong Kong in terms of that. Mm. I mean, um, Dr. Yen, right now, of course, the U.S.-China relationship is at uh, yet another low um, because of various things, not least recently the um, balloon incident, balloon gate, uh, but also the fact that China appears to be quite supportive of Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Putin has just basically renewed, doubled down on his commitment to to sustain the war in Ukraine. So what should we be preparing for in terms of fallout from the deterioration of the U.S.-China relationship? Well, we need a really wise head in technology, in trade policy, in order to um, succeed in steering uh, in this conflict. Like... um, I actually don't think the relationship is that bad. I would say this is an opportunity for a turnaround, and then we'll just wait and see. And if if both of them could, you know, do better in trying to get peace instead of getting the COVID, they would better. But, but I think for the bureaucrats, they have done something that is to forge relationship with new partners like. Uh, we have obviously visiting the Middle East, like UAE and Saudi Arabia, that kind of country. They are trying to find new partners instead of staying with the old partners in the West that could have gone into the U.S. alliances. So I think overall this is a strategy to, to diversify and it should be continued and it's, it's the way to go. But of course we hope that if, if the world won't be divided into two camps, then that would be the most efficient one and it would be the best for every one of us. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, we'll have to draw it to a close there. Uh, there you heard just uh, just heard uh, Dr. Vera Yoon, a lecturer in the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong. Also joining us for the uh, second half of the show uh, this morning was Rocky Moy, a partner at Clifford Chance, and Silai uh, Shan, uh, Deputy Director of the Society of Community Organisations. Uh, that's it for Back Chat this morning. Thank you very much, Karen. But to do uh, just remember that uh, the coverage of um, the budget continues in this time slot tomorrow with uh, the final Financial Secretary's uh, phone-in from 8.30 to 9.30 with uh, Jim Gould and Janice Wong. That's your chance to put questions directly to the Financial Secretary, the number 233-88266. So do listen in tomorrow and uh, call early. Thanks, Danny. Drainage repairs can be costly. The Building Drainage System Repair Subsidy Scheme run by the Government and the Urban Renewal Authority offers financial assistance of up to 80% of total drainage repair costs to owners of eligible buildings. The buildings must be aged 40 or above, with or without statutory orders related to common drains. Call 3188-1188 for details. The news with Tom Warden. The president of the Taxation Institute of Hong Kong has welcomed Paul Chan's moderately liberal budget. Carol Yu said she agreed with having one-off smaller-scale measures to support enterprises and the public as the city recovers from the pandemic. She said issuing a further round of electronic consumption vouchers also helps to promote the use of e-payment. 
The Health Bureau has announced that it's extending the mask mandate in public places until at least March the 8th. The government says people will continue to